0: Okay, let's right. go down south with our mouths. Please, no. Bang. 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 Bang, Bang on. Hello, Zan. Hello, Mif. Welcome back to the Sanctuary. I know, I love it. No fence
1: being built this week. Although there's someone is mowing the lawn, I can hear. It's very so suburban, that's good. isn't it? It's
0: great. I'm into it. It's great. Thank oh. you for um, coming over again. To I love it. Digest the week. If you've never... And a hot the cross bun. Thank you very much. I enjoyed that too. <laughs> yeah, we made sure that we masticated before.
1: I don't. I love that
0: word. You know I love that word. I
1: that word.
0: you got to eat a hot cross bun on you the... Do. Um, 1st of April before the Easter long weekend. Bang On is your shortcut to all the things that are going on in the week, good and bad. It's us figuring it out, music, art, life, Mm -hmm. stuff.
1: It's been a lot of stuff this week as well. We'll get to that in a moment. But first... Thank you for alerting me to (laughs) this ad campaign for South Australia and I'm not even sure if it is an ad campaign for South Australia, by South Australia. It feels like it's come from somewhere else and... Where would that be? (laughs) (laughs) Well... It, look, it, it makes me feel along the lines of the word masticate. It makes me feel a little <laughs> uncomfortable. You can explain. Go Down South With Your Mouth. A South Australian tourism
0: campaign, it seems, was mm. launched this week. Take a little listen. Why does it taste so much better when you go down south? We travel in search of memories and unforgettable experiences. We yearn for something more than four walls. And the fact remains, taste can decide our destiny and transport us back in time, places loved and lost, only to be rediscovered again. But not any mouthful will do. Your tongue yearns
1: for a certain sensation.
0: Uh, so visceral, God, a visceral so invitation of sorts um, for South Australian tourism, who ab- apparently, again, allegedly, um, but maybe not. not with, allegedly the, these <laughs> days. We don't, we,
1: we don't actually have <laughs> any conversations <laughs> Nothing is these real. days
0: without allegedly. <laughs> Nothing is trusted. But I watched this and I was like, oh, okay, well, the last tourism ad they did was that awesome, like the only way to describe it would be sumptuous display mm. of... Grapes and dirt and Nick Cave's Red Right Hand, yeah, and it was that's very right. much based around the, you know, the food bowl that is South Australia. Food oh, and wine is what they I wanna do go. so brilliantly. I wanna so go go down south with your mouth. No. <laughs> um, no, apparently not from South Australian tourism. <laughs> apparently from
1: the same people who did the CU in the NT oh, campaign. The capitalising of the C <laughs> and the U and the NT. I mean, that was a genius campaign. Also, not endorsed by the Northern Territory tourism board or whatever, or the government, it was it was done by an outside body who just does these things for fun. I love it. What I mean, they're selling merch, but
0: beyond that, I'm thinking, what is their
1: motivation? <laughs> are they
0: just taking the piss? Is it just so they can have a laugh with their marketing mates? Because everyone's I talking so. about it.
1: I hope so, because there's very little that happens in this world that doesn't have an end game. That's true. And if these guys are getting nothing out of it, <laughs> I actually love that harder. And I feel like they've been inspired by the UK... Uh, slogan that was thrown around during COVID, which I don't think was done in jest, but it was called eat out to help out. (laughs) (laughs) Little did they know. I mean, they might as well just say go down south with your mouth, really.
0: Oh, God. I feel like there's going to be a queer night somewhere named Go Down South With Your Mouth very, very soon. We'll put that in the show notes. If you haven't seen the video, you got to see it. Speaking of amazing videos, oh. you sent me this incredible little Nas X video causing quite the
1: stir oh. for Montero. He's gone down the Old Town Road and, I mean, really, if you look at the lyrics of Old Town Road, you know what that's about really. But most people didn't, including most of the kids that loved Old Town Road. But mm. he's taken a left-hand turn, should I say, and he's gone... Down the stairs to hell. He's gone and visited Satan in the new clip, which is for the song Montero, uh, Call Me By Your Name, and, oh, it's divine. It's
0: such a good clip. He literally descends through hell mm. pole dancing
1: mm.
0: uh, and then the film clip ends with him giving Satan a lap dance oh, yeah. before he kills him, and it's a, it's a good lap dance. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen that many in my time, but it looks pretty much up to, up to standard. Well, I couldn't do it,
1: put it that way. It's... <laughs> It's really good. My hips
0: are too tight. That's right. I need to do some stretching and too yoga. Old. <laughs> too old and couldn't be bothered. Unsurprisingly, conservatives decrying this, not just for the satanic imagery, but of course for lots of same sex imagery. It's got little Nas X kissing other men. He's out, he's gay, he's spoken about this publicly. Mm. Um, and they were, yeah, upset because they were saying oh, your fans are very young. You shouldn't be doing this. But <laughs> Lil Nas, I mean, don't mess with this guy. He is—he knows his social media game. He's yeah. very good on Twitter. He actually said the a video was an ode to his 14-year-old self and was made with the hopes to open doors for many other queer people to simply exist. Mm-hmm. So he's basically shoving it back in their faces. Yeah the agenda that he has is to make people stay the fuck out of other people's lives and stop dictating who they should be. That's Step right. back, conservative, says yeah. little Nas X. Yeah,
1: and he's also said, I'm an adult and I am not going to spend my entire career trying to cater to your children. That is your <laughs> job. And this is what I loved about what he said too, and he was pinging these off online on social media doing replies. It was fabulous. Um he said, you all love saying we go going to hell but get upset when I actually go there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant. Go and look at it. And, yeah, it, it, we're in a time where it feels like there's a lot of music that is about this kind of stuff, you know, like um, it, this real sort of um, sex positivity. Mm. And... We go through phases of this. This is not new, you know. Like I said, salt and pepper in the nineties. You know, we've been here. It's, it's not new. It's just a whole new round. It's, it's almost predictable what upset, they're going to say, isn't it? It's and kind of then it moves on. And um, and look, if it's up is one of the greatest songs I think of all time. So you know, I'm here for it. He also tipped a cap to FKA
0: Twigs in the pole dancing, oh, yeah. and she, um, if you've ever seen her beautiful video for Cell of Fame, which was one of my favourite videos of the last mm. year or so, um, she, he said that she was really inspiring to him and she be, did a beautiful post on Instagram, which I'll put in the show notes too,
1: basically just supporting him and saying it's amazing. Rather that. than saying, oh, I'm so angry he stole, you know, stole a lot of my ideas, that kind of thing, which is lovely and this is where we're at now. People mm. are actually, you know, quite happy to have conversations and acknowledge and and, and I feel like that's the world that's starting to emerge It feels like a bit of a better place in that sense. I
0: love your hope for that.
1: I just have – I've got to have hope.
0: You've got to have have hope.
1: Speaking of having
0: hope and having hopes dashed, Mm. a little quick note to just acknowledge that Blues Fest was cancelled with less than 24 hours to go. This was a festival that was cancelled a couple of weeks before it was due to go ahead last year and this is when obviously the pandemic was just starting to hit Australia. The festival couldn't go ahead. They decided to do it again this year. They had the sign-off from the New South Wales government and then because of this small outbreak in Brisbane and then the possibility of an outbreak in Byron Bay, they've decided to can it. And can you imagine, like, everyone's screwed in this situation Mm. from obviously the promoter but all of the artists, many of whom would have travelled already, the thousands of people that have created their whole holiday, and it costs a lot to get to Byron Bay at Easter time. It's not cheap. And all the trimmings. Every worker that has worked from everything from backline to at the donut stand Mm. to everyone through Byron Bay, all the food they bought, all of that, it's just so shit. And I... I think that a few people, and particularly a lot of people in the music industry, are pretty fed up as we move towards this period where JobKeeper is ending or Mm. has ended, and many people in the industry have not been given the same amount of support or understanding of what that actually means for people who live gig to gig. When there are outbreaks and the football still continues at whatever cost, and and the the tennis. tennis still continues at whatever cost, and yet... Arts events are just shut down immediately when
1: they don't matter. Like it doesn't.
0: They're doing all the same things, social distancing,
1: all of that, and that is just so frustrating. I get, I get that for health reasons it had to happen, absolutely, and that that's not what we're questioning here. But I do, I do agree with you. It seems really unfair that it's one rule for one and another rule for everybody else. Yeah, it's not fair. It's literally not fair, and it's not like there's a lot of money in music for the for the artists necessarily. Um, and yet it generates a lot of money for the economy, which is, again, when I look at this, I'm like, sport. why is it more not? More than sport. Yeah. Why
0: does it not receive the same amount of attention and care and, and respect? It's also a massive confidence killer. You know, there's well, No a one's going to do this now. Yeah. A lot of people are- Why would you bother? Scared about even booking interstate tours because of border closures all the time, international mm-hmm. tours, way on the back burner obviously mm. but
1: any but kind of even event book, you can't even book local tours you can't book with confidence because no. it's constantly and, changing and most musicians can't afford to forfeit flights and a com. you know it's it's just it's not no one's made any money for a year over a year yeah it's awful so t- i mean a
0: tip of the cap to everybody who's involved big and small it's we're feeling for you it's just a shit show to be honest mm. and I really hope that there is some um, thought and care about how to actually support uh, such a huge industry and so many people on every level who work within that industry who just every day is a massive question mark over over their livelihood. It's just awful. Yeah.
1: I want to do a shout out to Jessie who wrote an email this week to the Bang On email address, whatever that is. What is it then? <laughs> bangon.podcast it's at your.abc.net.au. Could it be more confusing? I don't. I think maybe one bit's taken. It's in the show notes. Okay, It's great. in the show notes. It's in the show notes. <laughs> um, Jessie works at Parliament House and uh, if you listened to the show last week, you'll know exactly what she's talking about. She wrote, driving into the work car park, I roll my window down to swipe my government parking pass just as Miff starts singing her jizz song, (laughs) highlight of my week. Good on you, Jessie. Glad you appreciated that.
0: If you didn't listen through to the very end of the podcast last week, now you will go back. Um, And we did ask last week, could things get any worse?
1: The answer is yes. Sure have. It's been another week. What a week. Um, Andrew Lamming. Um, well, who... that came out in the afternoon after. Yeah. We discussed how things couldn't possibly get worse and they did. Um, he's been accused of taking upskirt photos of a woman. A Is criminal she... complaint has been lodged by the has woman it? who
0: alleges that she was he took a photo of her while she was bent over. Yep. He's also been accused of online harassment. Yep. A nationals MP, Michael Johnson, has resigned yesterday after it was reported that he allegedly offered a sex worker a thousand dollars to have sex with him in his parliament house office Mm. and exchanged very lewd texts with her while he was sitting in parliament and sent her a video as well she also has accused him of raping her in 2019 he's denied
1: the accusation uh, but he's resigned in just in the last twenty four hours or so, another claim came from Liberal Party vice president Tina McQueen, who then said just a couple of days ago that this was in a closed door meeting, of course. But um, the the quote is, and this has been repeated by a few people, "I would kill to be sexually harassed at the moment," um, which is just so incredibly out of touch it's ridiculous i think we- that when she
0: was questioned about it too she said oh because no one tries to because i'm too old but like, that's, uh- there's there's so many layers that are fucked up with that
1: mm.
0: and particularly when we're talking about i mean that's just a horrible thing to say but particularly when we're talking about all of this stuff within the most powerful house in the mm. I- in the land
1: sexual assault is not about sex it's about power mm. um, and it happens across generations and let's not forget the amount of sexual abuse that occurs in aged care. She's really got it wrong here, really got it wrong and to not even think about that is so privileged. There was an interesting piece as well
0: that The Monthly posted about, um, I think it was in the follow-up to a positive thing that happened this week which was that there was a reshuffle of cabinet and a lot of women were put in senior cabinet roles. In my memory, I think it's the most amount in a in a liberal cabinet for quite a while mm. on the front bench. Um, but there was a piece in the monthly published on Tuesday saying the coalition's women don't appear up to the task of fixing sexism in government. Mm. But within the the party, um, the responses and the absence of some women's voices while this has been going on. Maurice Payne is sort of singled out as being very quiet while all this is going on. I see that article. I also get a little bit sick of women having to uh, defend men in this realm. Like it's just I I see both sides of the coin. Mm. Um, And uh, I think you're kind of caught between a rock and and, and a hard place when you're dealing with something where the culture is just – seems so entrenched and so has been so bad for so long. Yeah. You've got to work within that culture. Yeah. I'm not I'm not dismissing it, but I don't know, that article while I saw elements of it mm. that
1: that connected, I thought it was a bit rough as well. Yeah. Well, um on that note though, Grace Tame who was having a conversation with Kerry O'Brien, she spoke out about it as well, uh, looking into the backstories of some of these appointments and um, Grace Tame said that that Stoker, who was um, put in the position of the Assistant Minister for Women, has said that Stoker supported a fake rape crisis tour aimed at falsifying all accounts of sexual abuse on campuses across the nation and also talked about how she was a supporter of Bettina Arndt uh, and... Getting an Order of Australia uh, at that time. So it's – there are problems there with some of the women They, th- in terms of how they see sexual abuse. Which is what this – And this is what the big problem is, how everybody sees sexual abuse and it's usually been in the last th- thousands of years through men's eyes, i.e. it's not very bad. Yeah. So let's just ignore it or – not cause a fuss the other big thing about all of this is
0: that it's you you would hope that through these conversations behavior and perspectives are shifted but certainly the language that scott morrison used when he was talking about maurice Payne, um the prime minister for women it's like (laughs) can't can't we have a prime minister for us all like that just spoke i just that i jarred when you know i kind of flinched when that happened like why that just speaks to you saying okay well we'll just put that problem over there and you can take care of it and we'll just continue over here doing our thing like doing the
1: real business (laughs) like
0: what what does that mean and I don't know whether it was just a a turn of phrase that the, the language was misconstrued but it just language is important and that doesn't that language suggests that you're actually not dealing with you know, foundational behaviour, with changing the behaviour and the viewpoints of people mm. within Parliament House that don't see the issues with the way things have been going and that this business as usual mm. could potentially continue. Because you've got, oh, okay, it's just we've got a band-aid over here, we've got a Prime Minister for Women. It's like, yeah. well, I want you to be my Prime Minister and I'm a woman. Mm.
1: So w- where does that leave us? Well, let's not forget Tony Abbott was also the Minister for oh, Women. I
0: don't even get started <laughs> on that shit. Did not even get me
1: started. <laughs> oh, good. well, it's amazing. It's an amazing time and I hope from this something does change at a very deep structural level. It has to.
0: Grace Tame joined Twitter as well today. I encourage you to follow her. She did actually post. It's not an April Fool's joke. (laughs) Um, She has become such a big voice, particularly broadly in the last few weeks since she was named Australian of the Year and for many people who've been following her advocacy in the last few years. And I love to see her platform. She's so articulate. She just fights and she's made it clear she's not going to stop fighting Mm. um, for the rights of victims and for the rights of women to be believed. So, yeah, definitely someone to listen to. And her calling power to account, mm. someone who was awarded Australian of the Year but has no problem um, calling bullshit from those who handed her that award. So, Anya Grace Tame. Good honour. Hey, thank you for sending me this amazing article this week. God, I needed a laugh and this is just so good. Ben Jenkins in The Guardian. Hilarious, literal, precociously simple, big boat stuck in the Suez Canal was the narrative we needed. And God, it was. (laughs) We can say it now that the Ever Given is free. Yes.
1: We can reflect back on that big old barge. Oh, and that barge is now part of our collective memories. Very few things make it into our collective memories <laughs> because the world is so disparate at the moment it comes at you from so many different angles. But, like, let's remember Bernie Sanders' mittens.
0: Oh, mittens. And now we Just have... joyful. Now we have
1: the... Um, Oh, what's it called again? Evergiven. I keep calling it Evergreen because
0: it says Evergreen on the st- yeah, on the side, but yeah. Evergiven on the back. Yeah, yeah.
1: Someone's Confusing. someone's
0: gotten to the back of the boat and gone. Nah, well. You know what? Evergiven's a better name, yeah. but we've already <laughs>
1: painted Evergreen. We'll just whack it on the back. <laughs> but it rep- it represented our our existential crisis that we are in at the moment as a, as. Um, as a globe, as a world, I think being trapped in a canal, and not of your own <laughs> making, not of your own making, because you you had all purposes to keep on moving forward, but there was a dust storm, and that dust storm just pushed you to the side, and and you're as big as, you know, you can be as big as the Empire State Building, which it is if you put it up on its on its side, and it just got stuck there. You're talking about this as having
0: massive like you know parallels with our world but the beauty of this myth Mm. is that it's just so simple. Mm. There is no hot take on the big boat stuck in the canal. There's no subtext. There's no googling to see if the big boat was problematic before we talk about how sad
1: it is that he's stuck in the or she's stuck in the canal. We're not not going to get a milkshake (laughs) duck thing from this. We're not going to go oh I love that and then realise. You're not going to be cancelled because of big boat.
0: That's the pure simplicity of it and it's been a long time since we could all gather behind something and just rally around something so ridiculous Mm. that has affected so many people and we can laugh at it now that it's gone some amazing memes as well did you see the one where someone had photoshopped The ever given onto someone falling down the Met Gala. The boat blocking the Suez Canal has fallen down the stairs at the Met Gala.
1: (laughs) So so good. Let's not forget though. This is one ship that has pretty much halted about ten percent of the world's international trade. Twelve percent. Twelve percent. Wow. It's a lot. Wow. It's a lot. Go, you ever give go? I, I mean, feel like we learnt a lot about canals as well, we and did. just how important they are. Well, this the week. Suez the Suez Canal. I learnt a lot about that this week. There's, you know, there's a lot to be learnt about that little piece of political. Um, what would you call it? Freedom, I guess, because the Suez Canal has has since its beginning has allowed any ship. Of any persuasion, regardless of if there is any kind of war between countries, they're still allowed to go through. Maybe, the, maybe the, this
0: boat and the canal is something bigger that we could all learn from.
1: Oh, gee, I hope so. No, it's just big boat, big <laughs> boat stuck in oh, canal. How good did Big Boat Stuck in Canal sound though when it got out? <laughs> I mean, really, we take a listen. Yeah, amazing. I mean, bah! <laughs> it's like it's like someone in a truck. You know, when you were a kid, and you used to walk past and uh, pull your arm down and get them to honk. That's all it was. It's gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. Oh, and uh, one of my favourite tweets was someone put up um, an image. You know those steal his look when you when you do um, when you do like a fashion shoot and yeah. you can wear what a celebrity wears. They've got a, a cardigan in the same colours as the. Um, what do you call those big things? What are shipping called? containers? Yeah. <laughs> Edit that out. Um, <laughs> um, a cardigan in the colours of the shipping containers on the top. Um, and you can buy yourself some Dolce and Gabbana straight leg linen trousers for just £575 that matches the green of the ever given. It's just fabulous. That's almost fashion, isn't it? Yeah, it's fashion. How good. <laughs>
0: Hey, just wanted to give a shout out and thanks to Sky and Sarah who both emailed us this week um, following on from our discussion about dark mofo Uh and the canning of a piece of art that was going to be very offensive to First Nations, Australians, many Australians um, after it was um, called out last week. It's no longer going
1: ahead, but uh, we said a couple of things that aren't Totally true. Yeah, and I just wanted to clarify too because I think it's really important to get this stuff right and especially now and if you get it wrong to say, yep, yeah, we got it wrong and I got it wrong. I talked about the Indigenous population in Tassie and in Tassie um, they were not completely wiped out, as was said, and I, I kind of didn't really mean to say that, but it, it was an act of genocide against the majority of the population. But there are plenty of of survivors of that genocide in Tasmania. And so what I said, the wording, as you said, words are really important. And I'm so happy to make an apology where it's needed. Um, It was inaccurate. Um, It was a myth that was spread and taught in schools. And the fact that that myth exists is problematic for the local Palawa folk when um, it's spread in the media that they were all killed because it actually denies their culture and their identity. So my huge apologies for, for getting that bit wrong and getting the wording wrong. You know, I think it's it's really important that we make sure we own up to mistakes when it comes to this stuff and also do some learning and yeah. always learning and always happy to be called out if um, I get things wrong. Thank you both for your email. We really appreciate it.
0: Hey, Miff, what are you banging on about this week?
1: I've got a good one this week. Oh, Yeah. I didn't write it down because I forgot <laughs> to tell you. In our because we do little meetings beforehand, and was we'll like, oh shit, what am I going to bang on about? Um, but I have a really good one because remember that piece that you – we haven't talked about it here on bang on that piece that you emailed me on army hammer because we didn't really bring up army hammer. Yeah. This is a Vanity Fair Gosh, sort of investigative piece, and, and you'll all know about the Army Hammer cannibalism texts. Allegedly, that allegedly, of course. Fuck. We might as well just put allegedly at the start of this podcast. <laughs> Anything that's said in this podcast is allegedly the Newcastle. Is alleged. Is the new is alleged. <laughs> it, it's just unbelievable. Um, the, this story is called "The Fall of Army Hammer: A Family Saga of Sex, Money, Drugs, and Betrayal." Fascinating article talking about Army Hammer and his history. And his family, he is the grandson of Almond Hammer, who's an American oil tycoon. I only know through Almond Hammer Pure Baking Powder. No, they're not related. Not related? Yeah, no. I
0: think they used to say that, but they're not actually like it's a weird, very close, but not quite. Mm. Uh,
1: Well, it gets it. It gets even more confusing. So Army Hammer is, you know, comes from this extremely wealthy family. One of the sons of Armand is Michael. And Michael was the owner of a famous gallery in New York that had gone through the Civil War, two World Wars, Civil War, Second World War, huge in terms of uh, the history of American art, in terms of on-selling American art. It's called the Nodler Gallery and that just shut its doors somewhere around the kind of 90s, I think. And funnily enough, it was owned by Michael, um, Army's dad. And it was shut down because they had basically onsold $70 million worth of fake art. And there's a fabulous documentary that's on Netflix. And look, it's a classic Netflix documentary, you know, intrigue and drama and, you know, a little bit of bullshit peppered on the side. I, I always, I'm always a little bit, I'm, I'm always a little bit sceptical. I'll take my bullshit on the side Yeah, thanks. yeah, just, you know, just to make it a bit salacious. Like, And it really is. Um, it's called Major Look, a true story about fake art. And it, it's a story really about how people tell themselves lies. And it's actually quite fascinating. Which I think is a big thing in fraud, isn't it? You start believing your own bullshit. Absolutely. So, yeah, if you want something that's completely removed but also sort of tied into something that's happening at the moment with Army Hammer and talking about his family legacy, they are a big family in American history. Um, This is a really good thing to watch and it's not too taxing and, oh, God, we need that right now. All right, I'm going to put the link to that Netflix show
0: and also the amazing Vanity Fair article because that is a –
1: Gonna it's say, a long read. I was going to say meaty read, but it seems a long read. wrong to say it's meaty. It's just a long read and it's really gossipy and I loved it. Yeah, <laughs> it's Vanity Fair. Yeah, I know, I know. It's rich people doing yeah. scandalous things well, this and is, going to parties. This is what Major Look is about too and art critics who think they know but they don't know and then they all say I knew and they didn't know. and It's great. Sign me up. Um uh, what are you banging on about, Zan? I feel like I know because I know what you did on the weekend. Alexandra Hamilton. <laughs>
0: uh, I'm banging on about a musical. We've talked about Hamilton before, but that was when I watched it on the 2D version on mm. Disney Plus and that was the first time I'd seen it. Fair to say seeing the stage show is a lot better. Mm. And I thought that when I was watching it, I was like, yeah, these are good songs, but I don't really get the vibe Um but when you're in a theatre, and particularly I got to go along to opening night in Sydney.
1: Razzle-dazzle. Which was
0: very razzle-dazzle. Here's one thing. The dress code was dress your style, and I want every event to be dress your style because black tie, cocktail is so stressful for someone like me who just doesn't vibe on that. And everyone was dressed either in crazy, like, fancy wear or I saw Raph Epstein from ABC Melbourne in jeans and a T-shirt. Dress your style. It was just a total equaliser and everybody looked like themselves and it was awesome. So that's one thing that I want all events to do from here on in. Um, but, yeah, it was fantastic. Like the local cast, it's a great musical as we know. The second half
1: does drag a little. I'll say that. Mm. Just can be said Can be, can be <laughs> said about... Most musicals.
0: The first half is so strong and then seen seen a couple more. I mean, a lot of people die in the second half, so maybe that's why there's more sad songs, but could have been a few more Up Vibe songs yeah. in the second half. Yeah. But seeing the local cast just smash it, so good. Many of them quite young, yeah. not the same old people you see in musical theatre in Australia, and just nailed it. And also just being in the room with all of these people who were so excited to be out. I saw so many people that I haven't seen in more than a year because oh. of this pandemic. It was my first plane trip since February last it's a good year. feeling, isn't it? I loved it. I love flying and it was so exciting to oh, be up too. in the air again and just being seeing people that I haven't been around. And there was just this heightened kind of euphoria, mm. uh, both beforehand in the room and then afterwards as well. I just loved it. And then, then I went and saw a comedy show, um, just a couple of nights ago because the Melbourne comedy festival is on. And it was the same thing. It's like, yeah. we're out the, like all those things where you let like the crowds rolling in and coming through the doors and everyone taking their seats and seeing people, you know, and it's just mm. the best, like nothing can beat it. I know that I don't know about you, but I really worry about how we had great opportunities during lockdown to stream a bunch of stuff. We got to stream concerts. We got to stream stand-up specials. We got to access anything. And I know that many people will now include that as a part of their offering, but I do worry that people will now go, oh, I can just watch that at home. And can I just bang on about the fact that being in a room when something happens and the energy of that, Mm -hmm. nothing ever beats that. So go out and see some music, see a musical, see a play, see some comedy while the Melbourne Comedy Festival's on and just be in that energy because yes. we can now.
1: I know. And so human don't beings are great. It's nice to be take around you. the opportunity, you. you know. You noisy, smelly, objectionable things. <laughs> I mean, that's essentially what we human beings are and how good is it to be around it? I love it.
0: And stay off your bloody phones when you're in a musical. What the fuck? Who did that? Some people next to me. Oh, Anyway, otherwise it was good.
1: (laughs) Tell me after the podcast. (laughs) Which star was it? Who was it? I know. (laughs) No, you don't. (laughs) No, I've got no idea. (laughs) (sighs) I feel lighter of heart now. I do too. Always. Yeah, it always feels good. Thank you, Sam. See you next week. Bye. Bye.
0: Hang on. I think we all know how to spell
1: jizz. (laughs) It's like jazz but for yourself because it's all about the eye. (laughs) Oh, no.
0: Did you just come up with that? Yeah.
1: Holy shit.